Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Guys, I, I am just excited today. I, I hope you are. What a great day to be in church, right? What a great day to be watching online if you're joining us online today. But I love this time of year. I love the idea of a whole new year to start fresh, to leave the past behind and lay hold of all that God has for us in the future. And there's just that general feeling of being able to wipe the slate clean and set out into the future of a brand new year. I know as a believing Christian that Revelation 3.20 is absolutely true. It says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. The opportunity is always there for us to come to Christ. To turn from our ways and to run into his arms. And that goes for those who have known him for years as well as those who have yet to really meet him in a personal way. One decision. It's all it takes. And the fresh start in him begins. And it doesn't matter how far you've run from him. It doesn't matter how long it's been since you've been in right relationship with him. Even if you've hurt others deeply with your own behavior, fresh starts are what he is all about. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So basically, if you've had a bad day, his mercies are new every morning. If you have a bad week, his mercies are new every morning. If you've had a bad year, his mercies are are new every morning and the opportunity to start fresh is always there and it's here today in a special way maybe because it's January 1st and the whole new year is right in front of you you know there are many people within scriptures within the scriptures that made fresh starts and their stories are what makes the Bible relevant and relatable to us you want to talk about fresh starts Saul whose name was later changed to Paul, is maybe one of the greatest examples of that. In Acts 7, we are introduced to Saul, and it, it seems that he was becoming quite the leader among the devout Jews who were anything but supportive towards the new belief rising up, known as the way. How many know what we're talking about when I say the way? That's what they called this new thing, this new belief that Jesus Christ was the Messiah and that uh, his teachings were true. And, and, and even to the point that they were preaching, you Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. This was the way. They, they, they acknowledged him as the true Messiah. But the devout Jews were not supportive of this by any means, and neither was Saul. As Stephen the first man to ever die for the message of Christ was sharing the message of the gospel to the Jewish religious leaders and the people. They became so enraged at what he was saying that they stoned him to death. They killed him. And you guys, most of you know that story. 
Acts 7.57 says this, but they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed like this. They were like this. And rushed one together at him. They all rushed him at the same time. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep and he died. What was it about Saul, though, that people, the people laid their garments at his feet? We know he studied under one of the greatest Jewish teachers available at the time, so he must have been respected for his education, but I, I think it's also quite possible that he had been previously outspoken, maybe very outspoken, towards these Christians. Look at what the next verse says in chapter 8, the very first verse. It says, And Saul approved of his, which is Stephen, his execution. He approved of his execution. And it goes on to say in the next three verses, 8, 1, B through 3, and there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and, and Stephen and made great lamentation over him, but Saul was ravaging the church. He was ravaging the church, and entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Saul was as big of an enemy to those early believers as there was. He murdered Christians just for being Christians. And he believed he was doing God's work. He literally became the object of what they feared most. And then there was a massive change in his life, followed by a fresh start. Acts 9, 1 through 6 says, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to, it, to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him and falling to the ground he heard a voice saying to him Saul Saul why are you persecuting me and he said who are you Lord and he said I am Jesus whom you are persecuting but rise and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do Saul encountered Christ and he's never the same again and likewise when we encounter Christ, we truly, when we truly get face to face with him and we truly hear his voice, we will never, church, never be the same again. Jesus changes lives, period. He absolutely changes lives. Are you awake this morning? Jesus Christ changes lives. I don't want to say it any louder, but maybe I need to. Jesus Christ changes lives. He still does it. He still does it. To put a theological word to it, it's the process of sanctification, which is the process by which we become holy. 
It's when our lives change and conform to the image of Christ to the point that the reflection we project is a picture of him. He brings about initial change when we first meet him, but that change continues to perpetuate as we keep meeting with him. You see, there's something about this Christian walk that's, that's really interesting to me, and I've, I've mentioned it many times from this pulpit. But we're never done growing in him. He's still working on you. He's still working on you. He's got work to do on you yet. He hasn't got you to the place where you're that masterpiece yet. Eric, you're pretty close. <laughs> but he's not done with you yet. He's not done with you, Devin. You're, you're, good. You're, you're a wonderful lady. But he ain't done with you yet. Brett, man, he's just getting started on you, right? Yeah, he says. Denny, he's been working on you for years. <laughs> but he's not done with you yet. Jesus is working on all of us. And as we meet with him, he's able to rub those rough edges off if we allow him. He's able to shape us and mold us and we can become like that clay in the potter's hand and he can build us and, and, and put his purposes for our life into our very being as he molds us and shapes us into who he planned for us to be from the beginning. I love that about the Christian walk. I never arrive. I'm never done. We're all masterpieces in progress and he's still working on us. We're talking about fresh starts today. And fresh starts begin with change. And this walking out of our faith thing is no easy task. It's not for the faint of heart. It's a journey that takes a lifetime of work. And on that journey, we will stumble many times. But as I said earlier, starting fresh is what being a Christian is all about. Saul did what Jesus told him to do. Acts 9, 7 through 9, the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither did he eat or drink. I believe it's pretty easy to see that Jesus rocked Saul's world. He rocked it. He was rendered blind so that he could really see. Hear what I said? He was rendered blind so that he could really see. His pride was certainly rocked. Being so authoritative, and he, he, was even allowed, he was allowed to go into people's homes and drag believing Christians back to Jerusalem in chains. He had the authority to do that. He had been given authority to do that, and now he had to be led around like an invalid by his own posse. They had to hold his hand and take him from place to place. What a smackdown on his pride. He was rocked to his very core, so much, in fact, that he didn't eat or drink for three days. What was going through his mind? To find out that you're fighting against the very one you thought you were fighting for? How could he ever find mercy after what he had been involved in? Was a fresh start even possible for him? And let me just point something out. There are a lot of people who won't change or who don't change because they don't believe they can have a fresh start. 
Why change? It wouldn't mean anything if I changed now anyway. It's like a self-loathing that comes over us sometimes. We, need, we, we see the need to change. We long for a fresh start, but what's the point? I'm too far gone. I've made too many mistakes. There's too much blood on my hands. I've already made my bed. Now I'm just going to have to sleep in it. There's no redemption for people like me. There's no hope for those who have done what I've done. And guess what? Those are all lies from the pit of hell. Absolute lies. If this church ever comes to a place where we stop believing in the power of God to change lives, the power of Jesus Christ to give fresh starts, I'm telling you what, we should shut the door and we should forget about it. Because there's no point. Jesus still changes lives, though. Those kinds of thoughts, I mean, they had to be running through Saul's mind. I mean, there's no... There's no hope for me. I've killed people because of their faith in the one that I thought I was fighting for, but it was fighting against in reality. They had to be going through his head. The scriptures tell us that he was praying, and God had even given him a vision of a man named Ananias coming to him and laying his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. I mean, I think it's really interesting that God was so specific to Saul when he was blind and he was probably going crazy in his head and he was just thinking all these things and and then as he's even crying out to god he 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 gets a specific vision there's going to be a man his name is ananias that's pretty amazing to me and this is exactly what god did he spoke to ananias in a vision and told him to go to saul acts 9 13 through 16 but ananias answered lord i have heard from many about this man how much evil he has done to, to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call in your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. In other words, God tells Ananias to go and pray for Saul. And Ananias is like, Say what? Do you know what you're asking me to do? This guy is the enemy himself. He's the guy we are hiding from. He kills guys like me for being Christ followers, and you want me to go to him in the name of Jesus? Okay, sounds good. I'll do it. And he does. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the apostles, or with the, I'm sorry, with the disciples at Damascus. Saul had an encounter with Christ. He agonizedly spent three days in hungry, thirsty, and blind. He prayed and he experienced the grace and mercy of Jesus that any one of us can experience at any time. And then he changed and he got his fresh start. 
Look what the next verses say. Chapter 9, verse 20 through 22. And immediately he proclaimed, immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is this not the man who made havoc on, Israel, on Jerusalem of, of those who call upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? I mean, they're like, is this guy for real? Is this really happening? Are, are we letting him in our church? Are we, is, he just, is, is, is he just trying to manipulate the situation so he can find out who we are and drag us back? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. He debated them, and because of his former education, he, was so, he so had the ability to do that. And he proved to them, even through debate, that Jesus was the Christ the one they had been waiting for. Church, this was an amazing transformation. An amazing transformation. This was like instant change. And we know that shortly after this, Saul started going by a new name. He started using the name Paul. Saul means desired one or the one asked for desired one or the one asked for. Paul means little one. The scriptures do not tell us why he started using a different name, but many theologians believe that he wanted the constant reminder that he was nothing without Christ. He was just a little one and no longer the desired one. It could be that he wanted to make it clear to all those he preached the gospel to that Jesus was the only one worth being desired. And as zealous as Saul was in destroying the church and imprisoning as many followers of Christ as he could, Paul became even more zealous to build the church and encourage as many followers of Christ as he possibly could. And his writings still encourage us today. This is a story of the complete 180. And it should be mentioned that Paul is considered a true apostle. And shortly after his conversion, we know that he was led into the, de the desert for three years, and, he, and Jesus taught him many things, and he, he paid his dues and did the work of a dedicated disciple. He planted churches then all across what is now the Middle East and even into Europe. He worked, uh, his work lives on, okay? It just lives on. We're probably here today, and you could say very, very confidently that we have a church here today because of what Paul did, because he brought the gospel to Europe. Paul wrote over half the New Testament, and he became a martyr for his faith. He was killed, beheaded by Nero. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing to think about the transformation that Saul had, that Paul had. And I know we have transformational things happen in our life, especially when we initially accept Jesus as our Savior and we enter into a relationship with him. But I just want to get the message across today for every person that's in here. Transformation can still happen in your life, even if you've made that initial decision for Christ and been transformed. He can transform you again and again and again and again and again until you start to look just like him. I want to look like Jesus. I hope you do. And this morning, let's, let's look at this story as if it were a story of a fresh start, because that's exactly what it is. You may be here even watching online today, and you've, 
never given your heart to Jesus, you can experience Jesus's, or Jesus today in a way that brings about change in your life. And that change will launch you into a fresh start that you've been looking for. And maybe you gave your heart to Jesus a long time ago, and maybe you found yourself in a spiritual rut as of late. You just can't seem to grow in him. You keep falling into the same old temptations. Maybe a sickness has come into your household, and it's just everybody's wore out and wore down, and it just, it just takes a toll on your faith. Maybe you're sick and tired of just your own spiritual status quo. Nothing's changed. The growth has stopped, and it seems like you're just going through the motions of your faith. How many have ever been in those positions? I know I have. You go through dry spells and dry seasons sometimes in our faith. I want to give you some good news today. You can experience Jesus in a way that brings about real change in your life and that, ch that change will launch you into a fresh start in him. Been reading a book lately called I Didn't See It Coming by Carrie Newoff, and it's so good. And one of, the, one of the quotes out of that book I want to give you this morning is, he says this, change happens when the pain associated with the status quo becomes greater than the pain associated with the change. Th this is why we don't change our diets or start exercising until we get a bad report from the doctor. It's why we often don't change our poor attitudes within our relationships until an ultimatum is given. It's why we don't change our financial habits until we truly understand what those poor habits are doing to our future. And we don't change our spiritual habits until we are so bone dry in the Lord that we seem like we're, we are no different than those who have, who have never experienced Christ. Why do we have to hit such a rock bottom kind of thing before we decide to change? And I suppose it's human nature for all of us. But I can tell you that it's up to you to decide what rock bottom is for you. You don't have to go to what somebody else thinks rock bottom is. You, you can say, you know what, this is rock bottom for me. I'm done going down. I'm going up. You can decide. I'm done with my mediocre Christianity. I, I, I'm going to seek him and not just give him lip service. And just because... You're closer to God than you were a year ago or five years ago doesn't mean you have nowhere else to go in, in, the, in the realm of getting closer to him. I'm going to worship him with all that's within me and not just because the music makes me feel like it. I'm going to give him my whole heart and, and, and not just the parts I feel comfortable giving him. I'm going to give him my time, time in fasting and prayer, time in his word, and I'm not going to be religious about it at all. I mean, we can get religious about these things, and then they just become mundane and, and you know, just check marks in a, on a box that we, we just check them off and say, okay, I got my prayer done today, I got this. I'm talking about I'm going to be in a real constant personal relationship with him. I hope that's your heart, whatever that looks like. When I was uh, writing this sermon, I was reminded of the lyrics from, from a song that was on the radio when I was nine years old. I used to listen to a lot of radio, and I, knew, I know a lot of lyrics to a lot of songs. This song was, the particular song was sung by Kenny Rogers, and it was called Going Back to Alabama. You know that song? Some of you are way too young to know what that song is. We're talking 1981 here. 
It was written and produced by Lionel Richie. And Michael Jackson sang the background vocals to it. What an odd combination, huh? Kenny and Michael singing Lionel's song together. But I think it was the message of the song and not the genre of the singers that attracted them to it. Some of you may remember the lyrics. A man who walks by the side of the road can turn himself around. He can pick himself up and dust himself off and start all over again. Those were some of the lyrics. And the song is really about how life is tough, and when you feel like giving up, don't just pick yourself up by your I mean, don't just uh, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, get that rough road dirt off you, and choose to start again. Just do it. And it's a great message, but one that I've experienced to be empty at best. You see, we all go through difficult things, things that are just plain tough. And some of you may be able to pick yourself up at times and shake all the pain and struggle off, and you may be even able to start fresh to some extent, but remember what Jesus said, that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a person who loves their money to enter heaven. Who can go to heaven, then the disciples asked, and Jesus says this, Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. In other words, what I, what I know to be true is when we finally decide to lay it all down at the foot of Jesus, to submit it all to him and come underneath his authority and plan for our lives, then he picks me up. I'm not picking myself up. And then he dusts me off, shakes the world's dust off me a little bit because I really can't do that in and of myself. And he sets me on that fresh start path that I've been longing for and needing. I mean, I've said this before, but a rut, when you get in a rut, it, a great definition of a rut is a grave with the ends kicked out. You're just dead. I don't want to be dead. I want to be alive. I want to be always starting that, that fresh start, you know, growing in him every single day. And no offense to Lionel or Kenny or Michael, but good luck in getting that all done on your own. <coughs> it's a new year, and we can have a fresh start when we lay it all down at his feet. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? God, I don't know every person in this room. I don't know if they've ever accepted you. I, I don't know, Lord, if, if they have accepted you, if they've been living for you like they should. God, we're all in different levels of, of our faith, and we're all in different places in our, in our Christian walk. But God, I know one thing. You're still in the business of transforming every single one of our lives. And God, today, we say with one voice, that we want transformation. We want a fresh start. We want to start this year by being people that dive into your word. We want to be people that are people of prayer. People that worship and praise you with all of their being. People that walk 
in constant relationship with you, people that are full of the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit. God, we come before you today and we just say, give us that fresh start. Give us that wake-up call if we need one of those. Help us, Lord Jesus, to change the things we need to change. And God will just give you all the glory for the transformational power that's going to be displayed in our lives. What I ask this this morning is, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're watching online and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, would you just raise your hand, even, even if you're online and all by yourself, raise your hand and say, yep, I've never accepted Jesus as my personal Savior, and I want to. Is there anybody in here this morning like that? Okay. Is there anyone here this morning that's kind of been satisfied with, yeah, I've grown far enough in the Lord. I'm good. But you know you need a fresh start. You know you need to step into something new and go deeper into him. There's hands all over. Let this be your day. That you begin again, that you start fresh, that you take that leap of faith and walk in all, the, all that he has for you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. And church, he has a wonderful plan for this church in 2023. I'm telling you what, I am so excited about what God is putting together, ministries that will be starting. And then over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about some of that stuff. Next week, you don't want to miss next week. Today was New Year, fresh start. Next week, New Year, fresh vision. Not necessarily new vision, but fresh vision. And I want to share with you what God has placed in our hearts as a pastoral staff and a board to do in this community and in this church. It's exciting stuff. You glad to be here today? Amen. Amen. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.